This is Preach Freedom by Alex Mole. Let's get talking. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Mole with Preach Freedom Podcast. And with me today on the show, we have Dr. Wally Gisanri. Dr. Wally, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Pastor Alex. Uh, Wale Gisari is a chiropractor for over 10 years plus. He schooled in Georgia, but currently resides in South Florida. He has extensive experience in the South Florida area and is not involved particularly in the nitty-gritty of church of the church world. So Wale is a perfect candidate for our show to let us know about the relationship between the church and social justice, because he has a few good ideas. Dr. Wally, welcome to the show once again. Do you have any further information that you want to share with the audience? Uh, well, my name is uh, Wally Gasari. I'm a chiropractor in uh, Fort Lauderdale. I went to school in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, uh, Michigander by birth, uh, Nigerian by heritage. You know, been down here now, getting used to life down here now for the last 10 years, and uh, it's all been well and good. Yeah, it's quite interesting that you actually were born in Michigan. And I know that the Michigan economy was affected by the downturn. Um, and I have a pastor on staff at our church that actually is from Michigan as well that tells me all about it. So it's quite interesting that you have that background. Well, I have a few questions. Would you consider yourself to be a devoted Christian? No. All right. So you go to church, but every once in a while, right? Yes. All right. Have you attended church in the Fort, Fort Lauderdale area? Yes. All right. Um, you probably won't know the details of the demographic of the church and how the church has changed in the last five to ten years. But what's your view about, I know as of last year, we had the killing of George Floyd. and how the church responded to it is what a lot of people are, you know, in, in, inquisitive about. My dissertation actually addresses the role of the church and social justice in South Florida. What would you say that the Pentecostal church can do in the respect to social justice? Well, since I'm not an active participant or a, a regular churchgoer, it will be hard for me to to, to make any suggestions as to what the Pentecostal church can do to improve, uh, you know, relationship between, I mean, when it comes to social justice, uh, but, 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 you know, social justice is, is as far as I'm concerned, is a very, 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 very uh, confusing phrase or term to use to describe anything. Because if you ask 10 people what social justice is, you'll probably get 10 different definitions. So when it comes to the church and what the church can do, I mean, as a whole, not as a Pentecostal church, I would say what the church needs to do more than anything is just to uh, inject itself into the, the culture war that have been going on in this country for the better part of the last maybe three, four decades. Become an active participant, take a side and stick with it, as opposed to kowtowing to what society wants you know the church should i mean because i was raised a christian i grew up going to church then i went up to the university i went up to college and it was in college that i lost 
I don't know if to say I lost, I didn't lose my faith, but I just stopped going because, you know, when you go to universities, most of the things, most of the, most of the teachings that go on there are not aligned with Christian values or any such thing. It's just, you know, they have ulterior agendas, ulterior motives as to how they think society should function. But, uh, and as we're seeing play out, as we're seeing it play out right now, it doesn't seem to be working so well for, for, for society. So you think the church has missed an opportunity to graft itself into culture? I think, I think, yes, strongly so. Because this country, I think up until, I guess, from its foundings up until about the 70s, maybe even possibly the 80s, most people believe they were living in a Christian nation. But, I mean, now as it stands, I mean, they've gone so far as remove church from every institution that kind of upholds society, which, you know, the pillars that hold up society, you know, they've extracted uh, the church, Christianity, prayer, being, being prayerful and all that stuff. They've, been, they've extracted all those things from it. And, and what they've created by so doing is they've created a void. They've created a void and, and nature hates a void. So, you know, when you when you remove something, something else is going to creep into it. And, and, and I think what we ended up with is what we call, quote unquote, social justice, which I still don't till this day. I don't know what the clear definition of social justice is. It's a very confusing term. I don't think it's helped society. And I don't know how we can go forward if we continue to, you know, run on, on, on this social justice agenda. Yeah, like you, you alluded to, social justice is a very broad and it could be a very confusing term. But in the context of my dissertation, I've restricted social justice into three aspects. Um, social justice including and involving care for the community, good news to the poor, and freedom for the oppressed. You rightly asserted an opinion that the world has filled the void that was left by a removal of the involvement of the church and society by social justice, meaning you feel that just justice in society, the upliftment of the community and all that has now taken the place of the church. My argument is social justice falls into what the church is supposed to be doing in the first place. Mm -hmm. Because when Jesus came, his main mandate and mission was to care for the community, was to care for the poor, and was to set the oppressed free. Social justice borders on helping the marginalized in society. It includes racial injustice. And I believe the church should have a voice in helping to see these ills in society resolved. Obviously, we have other responsibilities, preaching the gospel of, in the salvation of souls, but the salvation of souls doesn't just involve the spirit, it also involves the flesh. It means that we should seek the well-being of people, not just in their soul, but also in their day-to-day -day existence. So if someone is marginalized and is thrown in jail, they cannot fully live a prosperous Christian life because they are restricted in a jailhouse unjustly. So my argument is the church should be involved in society in such a way that justice reigns in the day-to-day -day societal life. Now, you mentioned a very critical point. The church has left the void. How can the church go back and fill that void in culture? 
it, it has to inject itself into the culture. This it's, it's as simple as that. Get back into the beginnings, like uh, in, into get back into the schools. Uh, you know, church prayer needs to be brought back to the schools. Kids need to learn at a very very early age uh, what 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 being prayerful is, what being a Christian is. And, 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 you know, it's at that point that you can carry on from that point all the way into adulthood and instilling the values, the Christian values that this country was founded on. You know, you start instilling them, instilling in them at such an early age and, and have it carry over throughout their lives. You know, these are the people that go on to become the future leaders of society. That's the part that uh, it, it needs to be brought back into uh, as far as like uh, freedom to practice one's religion. I mean, as we can see right now, what's going on? There's, there's, there's a, there's a, seems like there's a concerted effort by those that we put in the government that they're stifling and they're making it very difficult for people to practice their, 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 uh, their religious faith, whatever that is. I mean, you know, because we're, we're seeing that they're not even allowing people to even come together to, to pray and, 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 you know, worship, you know, when people can actually go out and do other things like grocery shop, you know, go buy their prescription drugs, go to the stores, but, Christianity or, or religion, that's not being allowed to, to, to proceed. That's what's, you know, it also, they also need to uh, get into government too and make sure that, you know, we have people of faith that are in government and are, and are, are continuing to encourage uh, people to be prayerful and, and, and morals and values that come along with being a Christian should, should, should be pushed ahead of every, any other agenda that are out there. So you, you feel that, the church needs to get back in schools. Would you say that the church owning private schools can help this effort? It's a start, but most kids don't go to private schools. Most kids go to public schools, public funded schools, you know, the government schools where that's where the indoctrination begins. You know, the, the, the church needs to get back into the public schools, you know, at some level. I used to, we used to have the, we used to pray when I went to school. I went to school both here in America and in Nigeria. And we used to have to pray. We used to have assembly in the mornings, you know, and, and, and all those things have all been removed right now. You know, and when you remove those things, something else comes in. You know, I think that those things need to be brought back in because when you start knocking down these pillars that hold society, society is going to crumble at some point. You know, these are the pillars. These are the pillars that hold up the structure that we call society. And they're being one by one being taken down. And that's why we're seeing a lot of uh, crazy things happening. I mean, when you talked about, when you define your definition of social justice, I mean, that's one way people define it. Some people look at it from a racial inequality standpoint. Some people look at it from an in income inequality standpoint. Some people look at it from a women's rights standpoint. Some people look at it from a gay standpoint, gay rights standpoint. And, you know, you have all these different uh, definitions for, for social justice when what really, really helped this country become what it was, was running on the meritocracy, where it was people who did very well that actually rose to the top, as opposed to just forcing this uh, uh, this egalitarian approach where everything should be made equal. Nothing. No two people are equal in this world. When you fight for justice, what are you really, really fighting? What's, what do you mean by this social justice thing? If somebody does something bad, they should be made to face the consequences of it. When they say social, it just, it confuses me. I, I can't really, really make sense of what uh, the end goal is here. I mean, I guess maybe it's to create some kind of a utopian society where everything is perfect. But as we all know, 
you know, human nature, we're, we're very fallible creatures, you know, and, and there's no, an attempt to create the utopia is, is just a, a push for something that's not going to happen, that we will never, ever attain. If anything, it's just going to cause more problems, more chaos. So you believe that the concept of egalitarian society doesn't really exist or it's an utopia? Well, I'm not saying, you know, I, I think uh, trying to make everyone equal is, is unattainable. I don't think it's something that's going to be, first of all, unattainable. Even if you're able to somehow get it, you're not going to be able to s- sustain it. Okay. I think what everyone should have is an equal opportunity at, at you know, equal opportunity at whatever they want to do. You know, if they want to go to school, everyone should have a fair shot at being able to go to school. But I know that school's not meant for everyone. I mean, but I guess social justice activists want everything to be equal. They want everyone to have equal amounts of money. If you took a uh, hundred people and you put them on an island and you gave them equal amounts of money and you just left them there and you came back and checked on them 10 years from now or, or 20 years from now, however long you wait and came back, you'd see that the people who are the strongest will rise to the top and the people who are not the strongest will go to the bottom. The monies, whatever it was you give them to start with, the people who are the smartest and the, the genius among them, the geniuses among them would have figured out and conjured up a way to where, you know, they're, they're doing better. It's just not, I don't think it's possible to have everyone be equal on every level. People do different things, regardless of what their uh, background is or, or upbringing is, you know, it's just human nature. But I think the argument for amongst social justice um, adv- advocates and social justice advocacy is the idea that even though everyone cannot be equal, at least everyone should be provided an equal opportunity. It's almost as if when the lockdown started, when coronavirus became prevalent in the U.S., some students, some um, schools, um, and students had access to internet while others lived in communities and homes that did not have access to internet. So some could continue their classes through Zoom and other social media expression, and some could not even continue school online because they don't have internet access. Or even though if they have internet access, they don't have computers. Or maybe they, in their family, they only had one computer and their parents have to use it for work and the kids don't have a computer to use then and that's when that inequality shows. And even though we don't look at computers, maybe they all stay in two rooms, apartment, mm-hmm. and they cannot exclude themselves to attend their class because they have other siblings that are sharing the same room. So that's where the inequality comes there, that some people have more access to resources that makes them succeed and others do not. Well, and, and that's always going to be the case, no matter what world you, you try to create. People are always going to sort themselves out by their natural abilities. When you talk about the issue of the computers, my kids go to a public school as well, and they were provided computers. Now, when it comes to the issue of the Internet, I mean, I thought Internet was something that was almost ubiquitous right now. It seems like it's just about everywhere you go now. Uh, you can have Internet, uh, sorry, access to the Internet. And if you somehow live in a place where there isn't any provisions or you can't afford to have internet, then, I mean, I, I really don't, if you're asking me for what I think, what, what should be done about that? I mean, I, is that what your question is? Like what should be done about people who don't, who don't have access to the internet? You know, your argument is 
social justice cannot be established mm-hmm. in the world we live in mm-hmm. simply because man cannot be equal. But some people have argued that even within churches, even within Pentecostal churches in South Florida, a lot of churches and church leadership have a capitalistic mindset. They believe that people should actually not be equal. I wouldn't say people should not be equal. I just think, I don't think it's possible to, to make, you, we all have equal opportunities. And what you do with the opportunity is all that matters. To be, you know, we all have equal access to whatever I think we want to, most things that we, at least we want to do in this country. I don't think that, you know, if you want to go to school in this country and you apply yourself, you know, and you're willing, you know, if you come from a, from a, from a, from a, from a background where you have good uh, role models that are able to help you and guide you and show you the way, then yes, you probably would rise higher than somebody who wasn't, who didn't have those opportunities. But the concept of having everybody be equal is just something that just doesn't seem like it's possible because even twins that come out of the same womb, they're not equal. equal. (laughs) They're not equal. I mean, just what are we, what are we striving for here when we talk about equal this and equal that not everyone is equal. We're all different in many ways. You know, your strengths are not my strengths. My strengths are not your strengths. We all have strengths that lie in different places. I don't know what this drive is to create a, a, a perfect world, a utopian world where everything, everyone and everything and everyone is equal. It doesn't, I don't think it's possible. Well, I think the argument, you know, a lot of people have made and an argument I make in my dissertation is that the local Pentecostal church in South Florida can be advocates of social justice in such a way as to reach out to care for the community, reach out to care for the poor, reach out to fight for justice for the oppressed. Because a lot of times, a lot of individuals or people that find themselves in a situation of being oppressed cannot help themselves. They need someone to be able to lift them up, like the church helping to get engaged in justice reforms, prison reforms, because there are people in prison that may not be guilty of the crimes that they have been accused of, but because they have no adequate defense, are not able to be able to help themselves. So how can the church, what roles can the church play? You mentioned one, the church needs to get in schools. That's, that's one. The church needs to get in schools and not just private schools that a lot of churches in South Florida establish, but the public schools. How can the church go into a public school? Well, Those are questions that social justice um, ideas and challenges present. Well, I, I think uh, maybe one of the ways to address the issues of people who have been, you know, put in jail against... Uh, you know, who, who shouldn't be in jail that are, that have ended up in jail some way, shape or form is to, is to, uh, we, we, what we need to address now is the laws. How are the laws working? We have laws in place. We have laws in the books and how are they being applied? Now I understand that, yes, the laws are there. And then some people are able to afford a better lawyer than others. But how do you, how do you, to solve that problem, you know, it's just gonna, how do you solve the problem? You can't, it's just it's just the way it's always going to be. People who can afford a better lawyer will always be able to, you know, get away with more possibly so than people who, who cannot. But 
to say that, you know, it's just it's just to make sure that the laws that we have in the book are being applied fairly across the board and making sure that if somebody commits a crime, two people commit a crime and one person is, has the means to, to, to hire a better lawyer. I, I, I really couldn't give you a solution as to how you can address that problem. I don't know. Yeah, I have seen situations whereby um, you, you bring a very important idea. You know, which I've seen some other denominations execute, have a certain group within the church that visits the prisons mm-hmm. and offer resources because government would have free legal aid that people may not necessarily be aware of. Now, in keeping with the statement of Jesus, when Jesus said, when I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you you took care of me. When I needed this, you took care of me. Jesus actually expects us to care for those in prison, care for those that are victimized, care for those that are, you know, um, oppressed, subjugated and all that. Now, how the church goes about doing that now becomes key. Now, you mentioned that you probably may not have ideas on how the church can address the laws, but still the church can inform people within the congregation to be able to vote people that are concerned about these things. Because a lot of people in society are oblivious. You know, for instance, during elections, we talk about, oh, the presidential election and all that. But nobody talk about voting mayors in their, in their cities, voting um, representatives within their locality and within their local government. And these are the people that directly impact them more than even at the federal level. That's true. That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah, That's yeah, a very church- good point you bring up. But but I think, uh, yeah, it all starts from the grassroots. People need to be, you know, when people go to school, they go to school for how many years, however many years we go to school for. And people come out of school not knowing anything about how the system works, how society works, how government works, how the laws and, and work. Then that's a big disservice that's going on right there. If we can take over the, 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 the at least academics, academia, and make sure that people are being trained and being informed and being taught everything they need to know, so that, first of all, we can reduce uh, the incidence of people, you know, ending up in the jaws of the law. You know, I think that would be one way. Uh, also, to encouraging people to go into, uh, you know, government to make sure that the laws are being uh, applied uh, fairly across the board. And it shouldn't matter that you have a fair, a, a better, a big shot attorney versus one who can't afford one. If the laws are being applied evenly across the board, it, it, maybe it really shouldn't matter how much money you have. That's one solution. That's one option. And you also said, you know, maybe the church also needs to uh, have some kind of an outreach where they can reach out to people who are imprisoned and also uh, to let them know what their rights and, you know, what their rights are that they may not be aware of. That's that's those are good options right there. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So I know because of time, we may not be able to go deeper to some of your own experiences as a chiropractor in the locality of South Florida. But do you have any final words you would like to share? You have actually covered quite a lot, but because of time, we will not probably cover some of the aspects that relate to um, care for the brokenhearted. But do you have any final words that you want to share regarding social justice and the role of the church within South Florida? Well, in closing, I'll say social justice, I think, is a tool. Is a tool. It's it's a tool. It's it's something that, that that has crept in in the place of in the in the place of the void that's been created by 
religion coming out of society, socialist corrupting, and the politicians and people in government are using it as a tool to pretty much uh, uh, empower themselves to keep themselves in office, to, to amass as much power as they can. And by government and people in politics getting as big as they can, the individuals, which are you and I, the people, become smaller and smaller. And, and, and it's just another tool by government to just empower itself and amass as much power as it can. And I don't think it's really doing us any good to, 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 be, to be social justice activists or to have these demagogues, uh, politicians, running around promising this and promising that on things they cannot deliver or things that are not beneficial to society as a whole. I think at the end of the day, the church just needs to get involved in the culture wars that have been going on in this country, uh, inject itself, get back into the schools, get back into the, the, the courts and make sure that, you know, the right things are being pushed through as opposed to what some social justice activist believes is the truth of the day. So, I mean, that's that's my Thing I would like to say in closing, my final statement. All right. Thank you, Dr. Wale, for those words. You have stated clearly. Thank you so much. You said the church needs to get invo involved back in culture. The church has left a void. We need to fill that void. And social justice is a tool. So we should take the tool back from politicians and use the tool in the church to advance the needs of the culture. Thank you so much for being part of the show today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So, guys, that's all we have for the show today. Um, if you want to be part of the show, email me. This show forms part of my dissertation on the practice of social justice advocacy as holistic ministry among Pentecostal churches within the South Florida area. Thank you for listening. Have an awesome day. But please, subscribe. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please, subscribe.